Ladies and gentlemen, for the last three weeks, three weeks, what have we been talking about? Yes, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about what Justin just rattled off right there. It's our student ministry mission statement. Why do we exist as a student ministry? The student ministry of North Florida Baptist Church exists to, give me the first one. Give me the second one. Give me the third one. It's right there. Give me the fourth one. Yes. Reach. Teach. Hello. Serve and worship. Reach. For two weeks, we talked about reach. Why Why do we care about reach? For what purpose? Yes. We are called, hey, we are called as Christians, as a student ministry, as individuals of names I'm going to start calling out if y'all don't look up here and stop talking. We are called to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because somebody reached us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we went through the two different ways you can do that on week two. What were those two ways? Three circles. And the life book. Again, I, all your answers are right up here. I got you covered tonight, okay? Don't forget, if you want more of these, come take them when we're done. Just come get them when you're done, okay? There are hundreds of these. It's not your money, and you can have it when we're done. <laughs> okay? Take those. Last week, we talked about what? No. Teach, teach. Why do we, okay, here's where we see if you guys paid attention. Why do we teach scripture? I gave you three reasons, and it's not going to be up there. Nope. Well, we do, but that's not one of the reasons. That's not one of the three things I gave you. There were three things that I gave you last week. Do you know it, Noah? That was part of it. There, it was two words for all three of those things. Grant. Yes, to learn more about it. But does anybody know what the actual two-word phrases that went up on the screen that you said you were taking notes on said? We teach God's words so you can... Learn. Know it. Because when you know it, you can do what with it? Not yet. There's one in between there. Share it's number three. What's number two? Test it. Test it. We teach scripture so that you will know it. So you'll know it. Hopefully you know scripture. If you have spent any time in church, any time with the Bible, any time around Christianity, you should know some scripture. But we want you to know the whole of Scripture, not just bits and pieces, not just the cool stories that we like from the Old Testament and the neat stuff Jesus did, but the entirety of Scripture. I want you to know it because when you know it, you can test everything you hear against what you know to be true. And if you know it and you can test it, you will be able to share it. You'll be able to share who Jesus is, what he has done in your life, what he can do in the life of someone else. That's why we teach Scripture. Which brings us to the third part tonight is what? Serve others. Serve others. 
How many of you like to be served? <laughs> You're kind of excited about. It. So some of you like to be served. Have any of you ever? Have any of you ever been like to a, a nice hotel or on a cruise where you can just sit in a lounge chair by the pool or at the beach and and maybe put up a little flag on your chair and they'll you really yes <laughs> yes it's hey if you've done that. It's nice to be able to sit there and do nothing and have somebody come take care of you, isn't it? It is, it is fun. We enjoy people serving us. But the truth is, we are called to do what? To serve others. Thank you, Lindsay. Such excitement there. Yeah, we are called to serve others. In fact, a lot of times... We have a hard time serving others because we tend to get focused on us, on me, myself, and I, and what other people can do for us. But you see, as we look at Scripture, we see time and time again that the people who follow Jesus Christ, their focus wasn't on themselves. They took care of themselves, yes, but their main focus wasn't just them. It was on serving others. In fact, tonight, we're going we're gonna to look... A a story about Paul. Not just a story, it's a true account. We're going to look at something that happened in the life of Paul. Because as you read through the New Testament, the guy that wrote two thirds of the New Testament, you see that being a servant is something that marked Paul's life. Okay? So if you got your Bibles tonight, I want you to open them to Acts. We're going to be in chapter 27 tonight. And just to give you a little background. (laughs) Just to give you a little background of what, what's happening before we get to where we're going to start tonight, all the way back in Acts chapter 21, six chapters before where we're going tonight, Paul is preaching. Paul is reaching unbelievers with the gospel. He is teaching God's word. That's what he's doing. And he starts doing this, and guess what? There's people who don't want to hear it. In fact, his preaching and his teaching, it incites a riot. And Paul gets arrested because of this riot. Not because Paul was doing anything wrong. He was arrested because the soldiers wanted to protect him. So they arrested him. And then then as, as he's getting arrested, he asks them if he can stop and speak a little bit more. And this makes the people angrier. So they, they take him to jail. And through this process... Paul ends up going before the governor. He ends up going before the Roman tribunal, which is this governing body in the area he was. He goes before all these different officials, and he has the opportunity to preach the gospel, to teach them about who Jesus is. But you see, the interesting thing here is Paul, for those of you who don't know, is also a Roman citizen. So Paul has been arrested, and as a Roman citizen, Paul has certain rights. And one of those rights, he can say, hey, you know what? I'm arrested. Fine. I'll stand trial. But if I'm going to do it, I want to stand trial in Rome. So Paul's not in Rome right now. So Paul says, I'm a Roman citizen. I want to go before Caesar. I want to stand trial in Rome. You see, what, what we don't, what I'm not saying here or haven't said yet, we see that Paul has a desire to go to Rome. And he's been trying to get to Rome. On his missionary journeys, he's heading that direction. But up until this point, he hasn't really gone there. Now, Paul is finally getting what he wants. Unfortunately, he's getting it as a prisoner. I don't think that's the way Paul planned to go to Rome. 
But he invokes this right, and he says, hey, I want to go to Rome. And after he's talked to all these different officials, they decide, okay, he's a prisoner. He wants to stand before Caesar and defend himself. We're going to send him to Rome. And that brings us to Acts chapter 27. And as we're going to look at this tonight, Paul finds himself in a situation that most of us will probably never want to find ourselves in. And Paul finds the opportunity to do something that a lot of us oftentimes choose not to do, even when life is easy, much less when life is hard at the time. So as we look at this, we're going to learn some things about what it means to serve others and what serving others can do in our lives the way it did through Paul and the men that he decided to serve. So if you got your Bibles, you got it open to Acts chapter 27? Okay, we're going to jump into it. In Acts chapter 27, as we look at this, starting in verse 13, the first thing that we will see is this. You and I, we can serve anywhere. We can serve wherever we are, no matter what's going on. Look at what's going on in Paul's life in Acts chapter 27, verse 13. It says, Now when the south wind blew gently... Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Calda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing that they would run aground on the Sartus, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Okay, Paul gets arrested. Paul says, I want to go to Rome. So he gets put with the Roman guard and several other prisoners, and they get on a ship, and they start to sail. And before we get to verse 13, it tells us that they're landing in different ports, and they're changing ships a couple times. And the last time, the last time they go to get on the ship, Paul goes to the guard that is, that is escorting him to Rome and says, I don't think we should sail. Because what we're seeing right here where it says this northeaster came up, this is basically hurricane season that they're sailing in. They've been sailing for a while, and now the weather is getting bad. So Paul has gone to the guard and said, hey, this is a bad idea. The guard doesn't listen to Paul. Scripture tells us the guard listens to the boat captain, the guard listens to the other sailors, and they get on the ship, and they go. And then this happens. Have you guys ever been on a boat in rough water? It's not pleasant is it? I went, I went fishing one time with Kathleen's dad and we went about five miles offshore and it was, it was going to be a good day. We got out there. It was like five o'clock in the morning before it was light. We were headed out to a good fishing spot and then the engine died, which, which really, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because we're out in the ocean, right? We can fish. The problem is we are not over a fishing spot. Now, we can see boats about a mile away from us. There's about six of them off in the distance, and they're fishing, and they're catching, and they're having a great time, and we're sitting there doing nothing. There was nothing there. We had the depth finder. There was nothing. Guys, we were out there for, what was it, like eight hours? It was all day before we got somebody to tow us in. Yeah. 
I like my father-in-law. I hope one day you like your... He likes me. He likes me. You ask Miss Kathleen. He likes me. We're good. Eight hours. Now, let me explain something to you. I am a guy until about 30 years old, and this was before I was 30. I couldn't ride roller coasters. I couldn't do anything that upset your stomach because I just I got sick. Eight hours. Oh, yeah. For eight hours, I'm on this boat, and the waves are just rocking, rocking. Let's just say, by the end of the day, there was nothing in my stomach. And if there were fish, they would have had a lot to eat. It was, I'm just telling you, it was gross. Hey, that was nothing compared to what Paul's going through right here. It tells us right there, guys. It says in verse 20, it says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. These guys, they're in the middle of this huge, raging storm. And it's not like if you've ever been on a cruise ship now, cruise ships have stabilizers. So you don't really feel the waves. I mean, you you barely feel a little bit of motion on a cruise ship. They didn't have that back then. The ship they're on, it's rocking back and forth. These guys are thinking they're going to die. They're in some bad conditions. Now, what we're going to see here is that in the midst of this, where these guys think they're going to lose their life, it says they give up all hope of being saved. We're getting ready to see Paul do something that I'm willing to bet some of us might not be willing to do. You see, think, think, about, your, think about your life right now. Think about what's going on. There's good stuff. There's probably some bad things maybe going on right now. Maybe you failed a test. Maybe there's problems going on at home. I don't know what your situation is. But let me ask you this. Are you willing to serve no matter what's going on? Just think about that for a second. Think about your day. Think about the people you passed today. Think about the things that happened around you today. Were there opportunities for you to serve, to help someone, to show the love of Christ, and you completely ignored it? You see, a lot of times... Like I said before, we get so wrapped up in ourselves. We get so consumed with what's going on in my life and what's happening to me and this isn't fair. Oh, this is great. And all of these different things happen in our life. And we get so consumed with that that we don't stop for a second and think, how can I show the love of Christ by serving someone else? How can I speak truth? How can I speak the gospel of Jesus into someone else's life simply by serving them. Now, I I want you to understand this. Serving somebody, some people get in their minds that for you to serve and for you to, to follow Christ means you've got to sell everything you have, you've got to move to a foreign country, and you've got to give your life serving people who don't know Christ. Let me tell you this. For some of you in here, that might be what God calls you to do. But for some of you in here, Serving others means you pick up somebody's books when they drop them. 
It means when you're in the parking lot and you see a mom who's got two kids trailing behind her and groceries in one hand and a bag breaks and things start to fall out, you don't walk by and go, stinks for you. You stop and you go back and you help her. You okay? Okay. Serving guys, hey, hey, we can serve anywhere. No matter what's going on in our life, we have the ability to look beyond ourself and see the needs of other people. That's what we're getting ready to see happens in Paul's life. Because see, hey, understand this. Understand this. If you actually stop for a second and look around you, every single day, there are opportunities for you to serve. Every day, even if it's at home, emptying the dishwasher before you're told to, getting your stinky, nasty clothes put where they belong instead of on your bedroom floor or on your bathroom floor or strewn down the hallway. What I'm just saying. Serving, serving is not a hard thing. If we will open our eyes and look for the opportunity to serve, we will see them. Those of you who went to Jamaica this past summer, there was a lot of opportunities to serve, wasn't there? A lot of opportunities to serve. Some of you, some of you just served by playing with kids. You got kids on your shoulders. You, you got kids stealing stuff. You, 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 yeah, they did pee on you. <laughs> See, and you served because you didn't go, and kick them off of you. I'm about to fall. Okay, I'm good. That was a nice little move, wasn't it? I forgot the box was back there. Hey, you went out of the country and you had the opportunity to serve, but hey, gang, you didn't have to leave the country to serve. Some of you took part in the summer serves that we do right here in town this summer, and you served on this campus. You served at the Florida Baptist Children's Home. You served at Salvation Army. You did stuff right here in our own community. See, the point is we can serve anywhere, but if we open our eyes and we start looking and seeing, looking for and seeing those opportunities, then we come to another point where we have to actually choose to serve. See, that's what Paul does next. Look at what happens in Acts 27, verse 21. It says, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Paul whips out the, I told you so. I told you guys we shouldn't have sailed. I told you this was a bad idea. And he could have stopped right there and sat back down. But he kept going. This is where Paul saw the opportunity to serve and he made the choice to take it. Look at what happens in the next verse, 20, 20, verse 22. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I 
have told you. You see, Paul had every, every right, every opportunity to say, guys, y'all are idiots. We shouldn't have sailed. We shouldn't be out here. We're going to die because of your choice. And he kind of says that. But then he goes on to say, but I trust God. I've got a God that I serve. This God sent an angel to me. He appeared to me. He said that this entire group of people is going to stay alive. All we're going to do is lose the boat. Little cause for concern there. We'll see in a minute. See, Paul made a choice. Paul didn't have to speak that last part. Paul could have let the people die. It's an easy choice, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but when somebody does something to me that I don't like or doesn't listen to me when I think I give them good advice and something bad happens, sometimes my first response is, should have listened to me. You just got what you deserve. And that's where Paul starts, but Paul doesn't stay there. And that's, that's where I have a problem sometimes. And that's where I think we all have a problem sometimes. We get to the point of, I told you so, you should have listened to me. And we don't get to the point of, but God is bigger than that. And that's where Paul takes it. He says, God is bigger than what we are in right now. And God, guys, Paul was able to say that because he knows God. You see, we talked about last week teaching scripture so that you will know it, so that you can test it, so that you can share it. Paul was able to speak with confidence to these men because he has spent time with God. He has studied the word of God. He has seen Jesus Christ. And because he knows God, he knows that God's promise is going to happen. See, guys, we teach you God's word so that you can know it. You can know that when God makes a promise to you, God will fulfill that promise. You can know that no matter what's going on in your life, God is there with you and God can enable you to look beyond what is going on with you to see where others may still have a need. But we have to make the choice to serve. That's what we see Paul doing here. And then he goes on here in verse 26, he says, but we must run aground on some island. When the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little further on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. If you don't know what that means, they're testing the depth of the water and it's getting shallower. What's that? 120 and 90. So they don't have very far to go before they hit ground. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, okay, you've got guys who said, hey, hey, we're going to go put out more anchors. And what they were really doing was trying to sneak off the ship because they thought they were going to die. That's what's going on there. Paul said to the centurion, this is the guard and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. You see, Paul, Paul makes a choice in this situation. Paul chooses to believe the promise of God. And we see on the ship, there were others who didn't believe God. 
Because Paul says, hey, if you stay on this ship, God says we are going to live. And yet these men, they are so scared, they've ignored what Paul said about God, and they're trying to get off. They're even trying to look like they're doing the right thing while they do the wrong thing. And you know this had to make Paul even more unpopular when he goes to the centurion and the other soldiers and said, hey, 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 they're sneaking off the ship. And if they get off this ship, we die. You might want to do something about that. So these men that were trying or thought they were saving their lives, now Paul has caused them not to be able to get off the boat. Probably not a very popular guy. Anybody here ever got mad at a friend because they ratted you out? Yeah, a couple hands went up real quick. Hey, these were men that didn't even know Paul, and he ratted them out. Imagine how much angrier they are at him. Paul, ladies and gentlemen, Paul had every right to let him get off the ship. He had every right to let him drown, to let him get beat on the rocks, whatever happened to him. He could have. But you see, Paul chose to serve when he had the opportunity. He chose to show the love of Christ when he had the opportunity, even though he didn't have to. See guys, we, we serve because we want to show people who Christ is. And a lot of times that means we don't get to act on the feelings that we have naturally, on the thoughts that we have naturally. Our, our natural tendency is not to serve other people. It's to let other people serve us. But you see, that is not what Scripture calls us to. As Christians, it says we are supposed to look beyond ourselves and serve other people. That's why Paul tells us in Philippians 2, listen listen to what he says starting in verse 2. He said, if there is any encouragement in Christ, he's talking to Christians, he's talking to us. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full of accord, being in full accord and of one mind. Catch, catch that again. Any affection, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any sympathy. Paul is telling us in Philippians, if Christ plays any kind of role in your life, if you know who he is, if the Holy Spirit works in your life in any way at all, here's the mindset we should have. It says that we should be of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. If you even think you follow Christ, then we should be serving other people. Look at what it says here. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We are able to serve other people. We are able to serve anywhere. We are able to choose to serve because of who Christ is and what he has done. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a what? A servant. 
who was a man. <laughs> being born in the likeness of men. There you go, Justin. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ, God, the second person of the Trinity, set some of that aside so that he could become man. He was still 100% God, but he didn't have to become man. But he did. And he did that to serve you and me. To give us something we didn't deserve. You see, he saw the opportunity and he took the opportunity. And because he did, we're able to sit here tonight and say that we follow him and he's forgiven us of our sins. That's the mindset that Paul calls us to as Christians. Yeah, your life is important. And, and don't, don't think I'm, I'm trying to belittle anything that's going on in your life right now as an individual. Because it's important to you. It's important to God. It's important to me. But we've got to make sure that if we follow Christ, as important as that is, that can't be the only thing that we focus on in our life. We're called to look out for others. We're called to humble ourselves and to serve others, to do things for other people that truthfully we may not even really want to do if we got right down to it. But Scripture tells us that's what we're supposed to do. Not because we're robots and we have to do everything God says, but because we love Him and we want to honor Him by doing what He says. See, there's a difference there. And that's what Paul is showing us in this situation and what we see here at the end of this situation is that if we look for opportunities to serve, if we choose to serve when we find those opportunities, serving lets us share. Goes back to reach. Serving lets us share with people who don't know God, don't know Jesus Christ, lets us share with them who he is. Look at what happens here in verse 33. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Now, understand this. 14 days, and these guys Paul's talking to haven't eaten, right? Guess who else hasn't had food in 14 days? And Paul. He's not standing up saying, Guys, hey, we need some food. 14 days, none of us has eaten. Let's, let's eat right now. No, he's standing up. He's saying, you all haven't eaten in 14 days. You need to eat. Not, hey, I'm first in line. It says for 14 days, you've gone without food. In verse 34, therefore, I urge you to take some food for it will give you strength for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. Paul is in the same situation they're in. He's experienced the same problems they've experienced. And yet Paul is saying, you, 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 not me. He's choosing to serve. 
and his choosing to serve is going to give him the opportunity to share. It says, when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in that ship. Okay? Now, quick math. There's 276. How many people did Paul just encourage and share God with? 275. There's 276. Take out Paul. 275. I love pulling out math with this group. It's awesome. <laughs> there, there are 276. Let's lump Paul in there. There's 276 people on this ship. Hey, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a hurricane. And God says, stay on the ship. You're not going to die. And in the presence of them, Paul gets to encourage them. And it says, it says he took the bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Now go back a little bit previously and we see that Paul has already shared about who God is, hasn't he? When he shared the vision that he had, when the angel of God appeared to him and said, you're going to survive, you're going to live, but you need to stay on the ship. See, Paul has had the opportunity through this process not only to show people who Christ is through serving, but to share who Christ is. Share who God is through his words. Paul was on that ship for 14 days without eating. He was wet. He was probably cold and tired, maybe seasick and hungry. And yet what he's doing is he's serving others. They listen to him and 276 people lived simply because Paul chose to serve others. Now see, while we're supposed to serve God and serve others without trying to gain something for ourselves, we don't serve because we get something out of it. We serve us because of what God's called us to do. Now, Paul got something out of it. Paul had the opportunity to live. And yes, they do shipwreck. They end up on the island of Malta. Paul gets bit by a snake there, and they think he's some god. And then guess what he gets the opportunity to do because of that? Witness. He gets to say, no, I'm not God, but let me tell you who is God and why I'm not dead now. Because it tells us it's a venomous snake that bit him. You see, guys... Through Paul's life, we see service. We see Paul looking for opportunities to serve. We see Paul taking opportunities to serve. And because of that, we see Paul having the opportunity to share Christ with others. It's a lifestyle that Paul had, and it's a lifestyle that we are called to as Christians. It goes back to that Philippians 2 passage. If there's any love, any sympathy, any comfort in Christ, have this mind. Be of one mind, be in unity, to serve others the way Christ served us. As you guys, sometimes that's a hard choice to make. We get busy, we get tired, and we don't want to get involved in somebody else's life because people's lives, let's just be honest, they're messy. And we don't have time for that most days. But that's what we've been called to. 
And yes, serving someone else may mean that you have to get involved in their life and that may mean you have to give up time for what you want to do. And it may mean that you have to deal with issues that you really don't know how to deal with. But every time we choose to serve, we have the opportunity to show Christ to people, to share Christ with people. And that's one of the things that we want to be as a student ministry here at North Florida Baptist Church, a group that is known for serving others, for doing things that we may not have time to do, for doing things that sometimes we're just so tired and we don't really feel like doing, but for doing things that Christ has called us to do because that's how we show his love to other people. And see, I want to give you all the opportunity to do that this weekend. Y'all ready? Here's what's going on. I got two opportunities for you to serve. Friday night. Those of you who are involved in football will be out of town. Doesn't apply to you. (laughs) Not me, buddy. Hey, Friday night, our children's ministry is having a movie night. And they need help. They need a couple people who might be willing to watch some of the younger kids who can't sit still during the movie. That comes with food. You will be provided for. But if you have time on Friday evening, you have a chance to serve. And if you can do that or are willing to do that, come see me as soon as we break tonight because it's a great opportunity. Here's another opportunity. And I'm I'm a, I'm a single you out for just a minute, okay, Daniel? This Saturday, for those of you who haven't met Daniel, by the way, first of all, hold on, let's stop here. This past week, Daniel's mom and Daniel prayed for Christ to forgive them of their sins. That's a party right there. They are both getting baptized this Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I get to baptize you. How long can you hold your breath? How long can you hold your breath? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. No, here's, here's what's happening. Daniel and his mom, they're opening a restaurant. And right now, the food from Spain. Oh, yeah. By the way, by the way, Daniel, Daniel, what was it that your mom brought Sunday morning? What were those called? What was, what was the food your mom brought on Sunday? Cro- say again. Croquetas? Guys, I've had one thing so far that his mom has made, and it was amazing. Okay? So now listen to me. Listen to me. They're opening a restaurant, and they're doing most of the work themselves. So Saturday morning, we're going to meet here at 8.30. And we're going to go to the restaurant from 9 to 12, and we're going to help them. They've got tile that needs to be cleaned. They've got walls that need to be painted. And there's other things that we're going to help with. And you know what? They're not paying us. They're not making us lunch. Not doing anything for us. We are going because that is what the body of Christ is supposed to do. Is to help others. Yes, we'll go get lunch afterwards. Yes. But Daniel and his mother are not making lunch. Okay? Before you leave tonight, if you are willing to take that opportunity to serve, and by the way, bring lunch money, okay? Because I'm not serving you by buying your lunch. 
I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Not this time. Hey, if you're willing to take part in that, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. Please put your name down before you leave tonight. Guys, these are easy opportunities to serve right here this week. And there's lots of other ways to do it in the church, whether it's in the children's ministry or in the, the television crew, sound, anything that we do. Salt team, those of you who do that this year, there's all kinds of ways to serve. But hey, it's giving up some of our time. And, and let me tell you guys, hey, Miss Kathleen and I went through our calendar about two weeks ago. We don't have many Saturdays that are free between now and December. So we're not looking for one to give up, but guess what? We're going to be there because somebody needs help. And that's what we're called to do. I know some of you will be tired because you will have gotten back from being out of town from a late football game. If you got cross-country meets, you can't be here, whatever that is. But hey, hey guys, sometimes you give up comfort. Sometimes you give up food. Sometimes you give up sleep. Sometimes you got to sacrifice to serve. Sometimes. Okay? Hey, this is what we're called to do. We are called to serve. We are called to share. And my prayer is that we are a youth group. We are a student ministry that is known for these things. For reaching unbelievers with the gospel. For teaching God's word. For serving others. And then we'll get to that next part in a week or so. But we still want you to worship. Okay? Take the chance. If you can do Friday night, come see me. If you can do Saturday, go to that back table and sign up. Take the opportunity to serve. That's what we're here to do, guys. That's what we're called to do.